How's it going this week, everybody? This week I'm going to be having Troy on the show. And Troy used to be a security guard out here in Arizona. He was dealing with some residents when he was at work, and some very strange things wound up happening. I'll let him tell the story, but it definitely sounds like we're getting into Skinwalker territory here. Also, just want to do a quick shout out to all the members that have been signing up for the show. You guys really help keep things going around here. If you are interested in the membership, you can head over to challengetheunknown.com and not only get exclusive access to interviews that have never aired before, but you'll also get early access to episodes two weeks before the premiere. And for all of my listeners that enjoy a cup of coffee, this episode is sponsored by Smoky Mountain Squatch Coffee Company. If you'd like to pick up some fantastic coffee, there is a link available in this episode's description. You can pick up some at a discounted price of 10% if you use code CTU at checkout. Thanks for listening. Yeah, so um, this uh, took place uh, a couple years ago uh, over the summer of, uh, I believe, 20, 2019, I think it was. Um, I was working as a security guard, and I was at a uh, one of my posts. It was one of my longer posts. I think I was there for about three, uh, usually three or four hours, I believe. And um, uh, always, always in the afternoon going into the evening. And, uh, there was a, a resident there who was a, a native guy, um, who was always super cool, never gave me any issues really. And, uh, one night out of the blue, um, he just starts like chanting really loud in his own, you know, native language. I never heard him do that before. Um, I kind of figured he was he maybe just had a bit too much to drink cause he was always on his patio drinking and, uh, just having a good time, not bothering anybody, but I know they like to drink. So I went over to, uh, just, uh, you know, see what was going on or just ask him to, to just quiet down a little bit. And, um, uh, by the time I got over there, it had stopped. So I didn't see him outside. I just said, forget it. And I'll just keep doing my thing. Um, he starts it up again. Uh, a few minutes later and I started walking, walking back that way. Um, and, and, uh, as, as I'm walking towards him, um, or walking towards his apartment, he was on the second level. I see him, his, uh, son who I, I had never met him before. Um, but it's him, his son and, um, the, the, the guy's girlfriend, the dad's uh, girlfriend, uh, who was pregnant at the time and they're coming down the stairs and the dad, uh, he, he, he says to me, he says, uh, Hey man, can you follow me? And I says, yeah, it's no problem. So I, I started following him and I'm like, what's going on, dude. And we're walking out to the parking lot. And as we're walking, I see, um, I can tell that the, uh, the, the son is holding what looks like, a, a, a big knife. I mean like a 10 inch knife. Um, but as we got into the parking lot, uh, the, the light hit it and I could see that it was, it was a feather. It was just a giant feather at, at least 10 inches long. And I saw that the dad, uh, also had two smaller feathers that looked like maybe from, uh, 
like like a juvenile bird, uh, but they were still big feathers. They just had that really fluffy appearance to them um, that I think you would see on a juvenile. And uh, as we get to the parking lot, I see this woman there um, who I kicked out earlier for just causing a, a huge commotion in the parking lot. And she's there with uh, two of her kids, one of whom is seven, maybe eight years old. And another one is young enough to be in a stroller, so six months a year. Um, and uh, the, the the father and the son go up to the woman and they're saying, they're, they're saying something. I don't remember what they said, um, but it, it was in English. I just can't remember it. And then all of a sudden uh, the, the, the dad and the son start taking the feathers that they have and they're rubbing them on, on the kids and they're, they're saying something in their, in their language. And the older boy, uh, the seven or eight year old was very obviously scared. He, I could literally see him shaken as, as the, um, the guy's son is running the feather along his, uh, uh, I think it was from like his torso up to like his throat area or something like that. And he's saying something in, in his language. And, um, the, uh, the, the woman freaks out after like, not, not even like five seconds of them doing this. The woman freaks out and starts yelling at him and don't, you know, don't, don't you put that evil on my kids, you sick son of a bitch. And just going on and on and on. And, the, the dad stands up and he has this really guilty tone in his voice. And, um, you know, almost like, like a little kid that they got caught or something. And he's, he's like, uh, uh, we're not doing anything wrong. What are you talking about? We can't be doing anything wrong. That's, that's why I, I even brought the security guard here. And, um, she kind of looks at me and then looks back at him and she's like, he doesn't know what the hell is going on, which is very true. I, I had no idea what was going on. Um, and they, they, they go back and forth a little bit. And eventually, uh, the woman says, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then why don't you, uh, you and your son take those feathers and do what you're doing on your pregnant girlfriend's stomach. And so he's like, oh yeah, okay, no problem. And him and the son, they, they start whispering to each other again in their uh, native language. I don't know if it was uh, Navajo or, or Diné or if it was Hopi or, or what it was, but they, they're, they're whispering something and then they, they start to do it on her stomach and then the son freaks out and he starts yelling at his dad saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this satanic shit and you're, you're still evil. You're still a monster and on and on and on. And um, he, he eventually starts running down the parking lot. Um, and the, the, the dad and the girlfriend are yelling at him to get back. And the, the, the woman was yelling something else. And eventually the dad goes chasing off after him. And I'm, you know, stuck here kind of turning in circles. Like, what do I do? You know, where, where am I supposed to go? Um, and, I eventually just say, okay, I'm going to get this woman out of here. And this time I was doing it more for the safety of her and her children. Cause I didn't know what the hell was going on. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to convince her to leave and, uh, she, they, they eventually do. 
and I go off looking for the son and the father and I didn't find them. But what I did find was, um, there's a, uh, a walkway that was leading towards, uh, just like a big circular piece of uh, cement that you could put like a, like a grill on or something. And on that walkway, um, there was, um, fresh blood and fresh vomit. And there was a knife, uh, next to the walkway and the, and the gravel. Um, this happened in Phoenix. So all apartment complexes have gravel, uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, and, uh, I, I was like, I, I think I kind of have to call the cops about this, which is something I didn't like doing. It was a, a low income, apartment complex in central Phoenix. And I knew those people had enough trouble already, but something bad, seriously, um, just, just might've happened. So I, I call PD, they come out and they, um, uh, they go to the door and the, the dad doesn't answer. And they tell me, well, that's pretty much all we can do because if the guy that got attacked doesn't want to press charges or anything, uh, then we're kind of SOL. We, we, we just got to take off. And if he wants to press charges, he'll do it later. I'm like, all right. So I keep doing my rounds and I, I come back to see him again. And this time he's, he's back outside where I normally saw him on his patio. And he's got just a giant gash in his forehead. Um, like it, it didn't look so much like a slice as much as it did like a chop. And his girlfriend is putting bandages on him. And I'm, I'm, I look up at him. I'm like, dude, what the hell was that all about? And he's like, don't, just don't worry about it. Don't call the cops. Nothing like that. It's, it's, it's nothing you'd, you'd understand and blah, 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 or nothing, nothing for you to worry about or something like that. I'm like, all right, man, whatever. Um, and so I just did my rounds, finished up my night. And the next, uh, the next day or this is the next day or two I spoke to the uh, uh, manager and I told him what had happened. Um, and I'm not going to use the guy's real name, um, but he's like, uh, he's like, Oh, you mean the guy in, you know, 24 apartment 24 or whatever. I was like, yeah, he goes, Oh yeah, that's uh that's, that's Steve. Um, or whatever his name is. Uh, he actually uh, just moved here not too long ago uh, after he got out of prison. He was sent to prison on a manslaughter charge or, a, uh, yeah, I, I think it was manslaughter. So he was sent to prison on a manslaughter charge and he just got out. So I've been kind of keeping my eye on him. And it, it, at that time, that's when I started really kind of, really kind of thinking about the whole skinwalker thing, because first of all, he had these, uh, Kachina dolls tattooed across his chest. Um, so I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but I, I do know that from what I've been told by, um, the natives I've spoken to in Arizona is that in order to become, uh, a skinwalker or get close, she, or however you want to say it, uh, is you do, one of the things you have to do is you have to kill someone and it has to be someone you love, uh, and that you actually, you know, have feelings for and so on. Um, I don't know who he killed. 
uh, never got the chance to ask him, obviously. Um, but I just thought it was, it was very strange that all of that occurred and that while I personally do not believe that people can um, possess these magical powers where they can shape shift into, uh, you know, coyotes or wolves or bears or anything like that. I do think that, that the power of belief is strong enough in some people that they think that they're capable of wielding these, you know, supernatural magical abilities. Um, and that's, that's pretty much all I got. I never, um, I, I think I spoke to the guy like maybe once or twice after that, maybe. And then I got a promotion and never saw him again. Well, there you go, man. Dude, what do you, what do you think happened that night, man? You know, what, uh, what do you think caused that gash in his head, man? I mean, the, 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 the rational side of me, wants to say that maybe he did catch up to his son and maybe the son did have a knife on him that I didn't see. Um, and they, you know, got into a, a big tussle and everything. And it, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to be a, a bad person and saying this, but it's not like the son was exactly a model citizen. I remember like a week later, uh, I didn't see the dad, but I found him passed out in the courtyard, just drunk and high as hell. So, yeah, I'm sure that there 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 was some explanation like that for it, but I, I do think that it's one hell of a coincidence that all that crazy. Uh, I, I don't I don't mean crazy in a, in a negative way. I don't mean offense to anyone, but all of that stuff happened, and then it ends with you know the father getting this like like three inch gash in his head. It, it was a good size cut in his forehead. And that's so interesting, dude. Like, the Skinwalker stuff is always really interesting to me. I've covered it a lot over the years on the show, and I've had people email me and never come on and, and stuff like that. So I've heard a lot of different stories, and there seems to be a lot of variation in the whole Skinwalker, you know, uh, lore, I guess you would call it, if, if that's a good way to put it. You know, because some people describe them as like shape-shifting monster creatures and, and like a, some kind of supernatural thing. And then, you know, there's your story. So, you know, what, what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, so I have, have always had an interest in theology ever since I was a kid. And I actually was able to take uh, an uh, uh, Indian religions class at Phoenix College. And the guy teaching it was a Navajo and um, super nice guy. Sue is a really smart guy, but I, I would ask him a lot about the whole skinwalker thing. And he personally believes it. Um, they, the, the, the natives that live on the res, like I can almost 100% guarantee you that they believe this stuff is real. Um, because for them, and this is something that he taught me in that class, for them, religion is their culture and their culture is their religion. The two are inseparable and they've been that way since time immemorial. Um, so there, there's that aspect of it as far as, as far as everything else. Um, I mean, and this, this is stuff I've grown up with. I've, I've grown up asking, you know, natives about their culture and their history and their religion. Um, because I, I'm, I'm from Arizona. There's a lot of natives there. Um, but I, I think that 
sometimes maybe people get confused with differ, uh, uh, differentiating between skinwalkers, which are, to the best of my knowledge, a completely um, and strictly Southwest phenomenon uh, within those tribes and the uh, Wendigo, which I believe is more of a uh, Canadian uh, sort sort of creature or belief, um, or maybe northern United States. Uh, it's not in the Southwest, though, uh, to my to my knowledge, anyway. But um, I th- I think that maybe some people are getting some information kind of you know crisscrossed, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's certainly possible, man, because, you know, these creatures are so all over the place with the reports and sometimes things can be similar and I could see that very quickly becoming uh, like a tangled web of massive information. So, you know, I I definitely agree with you on that one. Uh, You know, the whole Wendigo thing is really interesting. Have I done a Wendigo episode? I'm trying to remember. I think I have. I think I have done one or two. But uh, they're, they're more of like a stag creature that people, you know, talk about. And then when it comes to the skinwalkers, they, they very often describe these like canine-related creatures. You know, I, I talked yeah. to, I talked to a guy... Like, like the, the dogman thing. Yeah, very similar to the dogman. Uh, it's actually something that I covered recently, too, is I had a guy on and we, we spent the time trying to figure out if... You know, what the difference between the dog man and a skinwalker would be based on the accounts and hit what he had seen, you know, and, and man, that, that episode was creepy, man. He, you know, he was a, he was a reliable witness, you know, and, and him and I talked at length about it, but, you know, he saw this canine looking thing that was standing on two legs, you know, and it was peering like around a car at him and they lived in a wooded area and he described it as like rotting flesh and and all kinds of like just really interesting details and and it makes you think like that that couldn't have been an animal you know so i i really don't know what he saw that day and and it's really interesting to to hear your story and you know i wish i had a good answer for what was going on when it comes to sasquatch and stuff man i can put it into a box and i can i can make a really good uh i guess guess as to what it is you know like a like a hominid and there's realistic possibilities there and stuff like that but when it comes to the weird supernatural stuff like crawlers skinwalkers dogman all that kind of stuff it's a wild card man and i i wish i had more information on it but you know as of right now it's just it's just stories and and that's about it you know there's no consensus on what these things are yeah i i i agree with that and i think um you know, even though I, I didn't see anyone turn into, uh, you know, a coyote or or a cougar or you know, whatever it is that that they think that they can turn into, um, I think I, I saw something that not a lot of people have ever seen before, uh, which is the the whole you know ritual thing and everything, and I think that it goes to show you that even if there was no confirmed 100% positive supernatural sighting going on, that the power of belief itself can be a a pretty, um, well, I guess a pretty uh, powerful thing uh, to to cause people to uh, go out and maybe chop their dads in the forehead 
<laughs> with a knife or, you know, try and put a curse on a, on a, on a woman's children or whatever was going on there, you know? Yeah, man. The, the curse thing is weird too. You know, like I've talked to, I've talked to people from all over the world and in certain, in certain countries, there's a lot of that, like kind of hexing witchcraft and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't know what to believe when it comes to that stuff, man, because it's a lot of people that, you know, I, I let me let me backtrack a little bit. I used to think that the whole psychic thing was BS, and you know, it was like a it was a party trick kind of cash grab. A lot of the psychic stuff, and and then I started getting into all the stories of like curses and stuff, and these weird, um, like experiences that people have. You know, there was one I never had him on the show, but I emailed him back and forth. This was years ago. It was this guy um, that when he was a kid, he lived with his dad and his parents were divorced and his dad started seeing this like crazy woman who was like just all over the place. And then he, you know, discovered a bunch of witchcraft shit in one of the closets or something like that, like some real scary, you know, Blair Witch stuff that she had been screwing around with and then you know things started getting real violent and and uh it got to the point where like there were behavioral changes in his dad after that woman left and stuff like that you know i might be butchering the story a little bit there just on like who who which family member was which but mm. yeah it, like some of the stuff that he described was insane you know like there was just too much there that, where i was like man now, what's really going on there? You know, it doesn't sound like it's just some a, a family domestic issue there. It sounds like there's some real spooky stuff going on in the background, you know, so who knows what the cause of that, whether it's a psychological phenomena or, or something else. You're right. Right. Yeah. And I'm even though I, I am, I mean, I would consider myself skeptical, but I'm at the same time, I, I am. I'm certainly open to explanations that have no, um, that, that have no, uh, basis or grounding in, uh, the, the known reality that we live in. You know, I, am I, I've seen plenty of other stuff besides this incident and I've experienced plenty of other stuff besides this incident that I, I can't come up with a rational explanation for, 